0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn, if we would, to Psalm 150, Psalm 150, as you turn there this evening, if you haven't registered to vote yet, I still believe it's time. In some states, you could do it right at the polling place, but many states, uh, you still can uh, register. It's just simple, vote votevote.gov. I think it takes about four, five, six minutes to register to vote. And please, this is a crucial election. I know we say that every time, but America is corrupting more every time. And we are going to have one of two extremes in this next election. And we're going to feel the pinch of it in just about another week or so. We're going to know. We're going to know what it means to church attendance real soon. And if it goes away this way or goes this way, we will know if, what future lies ahead for us. One has made it very clear this way and one has made it very clear this way. You could not have two more contrasting candidates on every subject. If one believes this about Israel, the other believes this. If one believes this about abortion, the other believes this. If one believes this about uh, occupying and looting and taking cities over, the other one believes this. One believes this of the military, one believes this. One believes this about church work, one believes this, and you're going to have to decide. And I'm just going to challenge you to pray. And many of us need to fast this week. This is a critical week. We've already had more ballots that have been sent in than all uh, to this date than all of the, the ballots in the end of the election last year, la, la, four years ago to this uh, at, at the entire election cycle, let alone to this point. So it's a very serious election And um, there will be consequences, we're told, on the streets. I don't know what that means. But I do know that I still love America. And I believe that God's not finished with America yet. And I believe great things can happen regardless who is the president. But I also know that it could be a little bit easier back to righteousness with one over the other. So I want you to pray with me about that tonight and get registered to vote. And then I want you to look forward to Wednesday night. I won't be preaching, but I tell you, you're going to love the preacher Wednesday night, and I know that you will. And um, I'll just sort of leave it there to make sure that you come. Bring a blanket. Is anybody outside? We've given blankets everywhere. Are is any, brand new blankets? Are they? Are anybody cold? Maybe you could take those with you, and uh, put them in your trunk and have them there. Uh, are we okay, uh, everybody? I hope so. And if you're uh, If you're uh, sitting next to a young lady, if you want to throw that Armstrong heater around her, just go ahead and do it. If she's not your wife, I would just hesitate briefly. I know Brother John Morris has got a blanket over here. He's looking forward to holding hands with his wife under the blanket, but you are married, John. It's legal now. You can do that. Of course, you're sitting with your father-in-law there. He's going to supervise all of this. You're great, people. Thank you, all of you, for who you are. This morning... We talked about there are two bedrocks to the Christian faith, and there's others, but we, today we're looking at these two. This, uh, t- this morning, tonight, is one of those days where it's line upon line and precept upon precept. It's not really necessarily a revival message, but I'll tell you what, tonight especially is a very positional message. Uh, we were positional this morning, Worship. Worship means not to exalt yourself, but rather to bend low and bow down and to reverence and to awe and to respect. Oh, Lord, my God, when I an awesome wonder, how great thou art. All of us need to worship God individually every single day. There ought to be a time. I drove by again this week, the cemetery, hoping that it'd finally be open. I don't understand, City, why you cannot open up the Cemetery, uh, I mean, I just can't understand why we can't walk. I walk around the cemetery to pray, and I love it. The um, the the, uh, uh, the trails that I go on out here to the salt flats, they're all closed down to January 1st for construction, and I miss going out there. But if you're like me, those are two of the many places where I go for prayer. But you're going to have to find a place. I like those two places because I can go out on the salt flats and on the trails, I'll ride my bike out there. I can sing at the top of my lungs and nobody will even hear me. I can shout, I can praise God, I can weep before him, I can worship before him and it's wonderful. And uh, during this COVID now, all those things have been affected but I still can get alone. I love getting in my car and, and really, I, I probably have more time than you and many of you, but I get alone with my Lord in the car and shout and praise God and saying, I want to worship God. I can get alone many places in our house, and it's just the two of us, and I can worship God. I can get alone at the nighttime hour and worship God. It's easier for me than it would be perhaps for many of you. You have children everywhere. You're trying to keep the house quiet. But there must be... Daily, a time where you worship and adore God. Uh, 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 Praying is so important, but it's just not all a give me list. Give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. When it's all about giving to me, that's not really what prayer is about. Prayer involves you praying on the behalf often of others. The lost and the saved are model prayers. uh, When Jesus prayed, not our Father which art in heaven, but John 17, he prayed for himself. And then he prayed for those that knew him. And then he prayed for those that knew him not. And so worship this morning. And tonight is the word praise. And there's such a misunderstanding of this word praise. Um, This is not praising. Now, this is a byproduct of praising. I can't sit still. I don't know, man. I just, my feet begin to wiggle. They begin to shake. I begin to clap my hands. I begin to lift my my hands. But it is motivated by praise. What is praise? Listen to Psalm 150. Uh, I wonder if you're there outside or in the auditorium. And God bless you, dear folks, and just stop by there to see you there. We're glad that you're in the auditorium. Let's read Psalm 150 together. Ready? Begin. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. These last five psalms, every first verse begins with praise ye the Lord and every last verse ends with praise ye the Lord. Psalm 149, look at verses one through three. Praise ye the Lord. Sing. Don't forget that word sing. Because Literally, the word praise is from the word humno, which is a Greek word, which is and can be also in the Hebrew language, which just means praise is the word to sing. We talk about praise, we always think of this that is a byproduct of what we're doing, we're singing. Singing ought to bring a a praise God that is praising God. Singing, the choir, the special music tonight, the congregation will say, we were all praising God. Sitting there with our arms folded and not doing anything is not praising God. That's why we join in, amen, with people as they sing. The word praise means to sing. It means to laud, L-A-U-D. And the word laud just simply means to sing or song or a hymn. So when I praise the Lord, it's always associated with singing. And he says here praise the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful for the king. Let them praise his name in the dance and let them sing praises unto him with timbrel and harp. And don't get all worried, that's not talking about dancing and rock and roll, things of that nature. There's just energy, there's movement, there's motion. You don't sit still. Uh, Every song ought to cause you to lift a hand or shed a tear or give a shout or tap a toe or praise the Lord or hallelujah or get involved or fall on your knees, music needs to move you to do something that is praising God. And so tonight, we look back at praising the Lord. Look at Psalm 146, and then we'll get in the message. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God, while have my any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in men, nor the son of man, in whom there is no help. We ought to be a singing people. Chapter number 148, praise you, the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise ye all the angels. Praise you, in the host. Praise him the sun, the moon, the stars. Praise him with the stars of light. Praise him all the heavens. Praise, let every of uh, them praise the name of the Lord. Verse seven, praise the Lord from the earth. Oh, how we ought to praise God. Now, isn't it an interesting? This morning, I mentioned how our worship has been hijacked by two movements within the church, and within government. Government is now telling us how to worship God, how we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to mask up, and by the way, I'm not making light of COVID. We get back in the auditorium, and if it's not a rule to mask up, and you feel like masking up, mask up. Doesn't bother me a bit. There should be no excuse for you not to be to church these days, because you can either sit in tents, or you can sit open air, or you can sit in your cars, or you can sit in the auditorium. You say, well, I got these kids, or you can put the kids in the nursery and pick them up next week. But uh, but nonetheless, there ought to be an opportunity, and we ought to take privilege of the fact that we go to church. Look at that back parking lot there, packed tonight, this parking lot, packed, the front parking lot's packed. That's the way it ought to be. Our government was to control our worship. And within the church, worship is being redefined. Well, tonight, we look at this word praise because we have a movement since about the late 90s called Praise and Worship. Worship and Praise. It has hijacked our churches. I would just say for your own good, you can go to Wikipedia, I do not think Wikipedia is independent, fundamental, separated Baptist. It will tell you what praise and worship is. You just type in the words... Praise and worship, and it will explain to you that it is based upon rock and roll music and a culture that's going to do away with old tradition of hymns, and it's going to do away with the philosophy of choirs, and it's going to do away with the philosophy at Wikipedia will tell you. I'm not talking about independent fundamental Baptists. I'm telling you what a secular organization will tell you from quoting the people that said, This is what praise and worship's about. We are not a praise and worship church. We do praise the Lord, we do worship the Lord, but we're not part of the modern day movement. I'm gonna try to deal with that tonight. But our government wants to control. Historically, governments like communism and socialism and Marxism and fascism, they always wanna control their people. They'll tell you where you're gonna work. They'll tell you how much taxes you're gonna give. They're gonna tell you how you have to redistribute your wealth to those that don't have it. They won't let you own property. You won't have rights. you have to secretly uh, go underground to worship God. But we have the same thing. The governor in Kentucky was the first guy that brought this in. And when he tried to uh, give some rules and regulations, he said, when you go to church, because he wasn't gonna allow him, the court said you had to. When you go to church, you can go, but you cannot sing. Who'd ever think in America a government would be so foolish to say you cannot sing at church? Where we're commanded, let everything that hath breath praise or sing unto God. Now, we have a governor in this state. Our governor allow, announced last week how we can now have Thanksgiving with our family. I'm grateful that people even on on the news media are making fun of it. He's overreached. He said on Thanksgiving now, we will allow you to have three families at your house outside. Wow, that's gonna be awesome. Especially if it's snowing here. Or raining here. Or hailing here. Our governor is going to let us have three families for two hours. Where did he come up with this junk? Three families, two hours. You better not sing. He said, don't sing or chant. I'm not going to be chanting, but i tell you what, I, I don't mind singing. No, no, no. You cannot sing. You cannot go indoors. But if you use the restroom, it has to be sanitized after. Have you ever had Aunt Susie's kids, there's 10 of them, come over, those kids are revolving bathrooms all day long. You're gonna to have to employ somebody to sanitize that house all two hours. Are you crazy, governor? Have you lost your mind? As you close down the other, other wineries, but you leave yours open? No! It's about time two years from now to figure out how we're gonna get a different governor in California. The health protocols tell us now go to church, but you don't sing inside. But God commands us to sing! Singing's the need of the hour. If America ever needed singing, 226 days later, after COVID began, we shut everything down. We're day 226. It's time that children learn to sing again. It's expressing the heart. It brings joy to the heart. It's a reflection of our attitude toward God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Wisconsin. 90% higher suicide rate this year amongst teenagers and college students than last year. 90% higher. In Wisconsin, you better wake up. You're killing your kids. Tennessee, the same. The South, much of the South, suicide amongst teenagers. Why? They say because there's no hope left for these kids. That's why church, that's why worship, that's why singing is so important. That's why Sunday school is so important. The youth group is so important. That's why, that's why the Christian school is so important. And college is so important. And soul winning and running the buses is so important. It gives us an opportunity to expressed to God that we love him and to sing and to shout and to fellowship. But they say there's hopeless. Our government it's coming after our guns. They're coming after our Bill of Rights. They're coming after our Constitution. They're coming after our Supreme Court. They're coming after our Electoral College. They're coming away after our way of life. They're coming after our Internet. And now they're coming after our worship and our song. Enough's. Enough, enough, enough. with me if you will in your Bible is the second Chronicles chapter five. Though I am concerned with the government, I am more concerned with what's happening within the church. We have bought into the day of worship and praise. I brought with me, I don't know if, I don't, I don't think our bookstore is open right now, but you could order it from Brother Moyer, he would get it to you. The Confessions of a Worship Leader He was a rock and roll man. He got saved. His wife guided him. She grew up in a church. Sounds very similar to this with hymns and songs and separation. And ladies look like ladies and men look like men. And there was some direction in the church and preaching. And he's written the book, Why I Left the Contemporary Christian Music Movement. It's just not a radical book. It goes line upon line why I had to leave and the damage. He said, I I knew better. My parents were good people. I literally broke off relationships with family members because I got so wrapped up into this. And he says, the problem was I was wrapped up in myself. And when I realized that I was wrapped up in myself, calling it praise and worship, I was magnifying myself instead of magnifying God. And I said I had to go back and mend relationship with my parents and mend relationship with my relatives because I was wrong the way I treated them with my pride and my contemporary music. I wonder tonight, it may not be music, it may not be worship, it may be something else, but if you're not right with your parents, you're not right with God. If we're not right in our marriages, we are not right with God. If we're not right with our church, we're not right with God. If we're not right with one another, we're not right with God. Oh, how God's people need to get right with God. That's the need of the hour. We have in 2 Chronicles chapter five, God's house was just finished. Thus the work of Solomon was made, for the house of the Lord was finished. And when it was all finished, they, of course, opened up the treasuries where people could give. But I want you to notice in verse 12, and the Levites, which were the singers, when they opened up God's house, the singers with them, Asaph of Heman and Jethroah and their sons and their brethren, having arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps stood at the east end of the altar. And it came to pass that as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard, praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and with the instruments of music, they praised the Lord saying, for he... Praising never comes back to an individual. It always goes to the God, the God. For he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Then was a house filled with the cloud and the, and the house of the Lord. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Josephus was a historian that lived right during the time of Christ and thereafter. Josephus writes in his chronicles, in his books, I cannot even fathom how this is true, but he lived in that moment. He said there were 200,000 singers and 200,000 instrumentals. That's 400,000 people. If that being true, can you imagine what that must have sounded like? But in heaven, there'll be choirs too. And in heaven, we'll shout and we'll sing. I want you to know as you turn to Exodus 32, Exodus 32, that our worship is being redefined and our praise, our music is being redefined and it's so very dangerous what we see happening today. And I want to go on record that our church has never been, though we do believe in praise and we do believe in worship, we have never been this modern day movement, praise and worship. We've never given way to this new movement. I want to speak about it more than just yell about it just for a few moments here tonight. I want you to know this, that in Genesis Exodus 32, Moses was trying to meet with God, chapter 32. He was up on a mountain, verse one. He'd been with God and he had delayed because he was there and God was giving him the law. And the Bible says that the Lord said, verse 7, Go down to thy people, which thou hast broughtest out of the land of Egypt. They have corrupted themselves. Everything in life corrupts. Every college, I can recall being taught this over 50 years in college, 50 years ago, that college is corrupt. My college president said this, my college here, I hope it's after my departure, this college will corrupt. I can recall in him, and he said this college will corrupt. That's why we build these buildings to fall down. I don't want them to live as ongoing monuments. Great preachers of yesterday have always showed us that everything corrupts. Unless there's a leather lung band are a father in the home and a mother that stand and say, We will not allow corruption to enter into our ministry. Paul said, After my departure, grievous wolves shall enter in, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves. You know, the day comes, and I die, potentially, potentially, you'll find someone just opposite than your pastor. You'll find someone that, can't we have more liberty? Can't we have more freedom? Can't we do more? Can't we, we're good Christians. Can't we make more decisions for ourselves? That's not why you have a shepherd so that you can do Judges 17, 6, which is right in your own eyes. The purpose of a shepherd is to lead you to buy still waters and green pastures and restore your soul and keep you from wild prey that's gonna destroy your life. God said they've corrupted themselves. Did you get to chapter number 32, verse 15, and Moses went down from the mountain, the two tables of the testimony. And the Bible says, and he said, verse number 18, verse number 17, there was a noise of war in the camp. It's interesting he'd say that. Because in verse 18, they were singing. I want you to notice what happened in this chapter, briefly. I want you to know in verse number six, they changed their purpose. They changed their purpose. Whenever you begin to change the foundational principles of any organization, you always announce it's doom. The purpose of this church is not to play. The purpose of this church is to pray and to preach and to publish the good tidings of salvation, the purpose of this church is to take the gospel to our city. But notice how they changed. The Bible says they corrupted themselves, verse 7. But notice in verse 6, the latter apart, And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and they rose up to play. This place is not a play place. We are not here to just play. I thank God for a basketball game. I thank God for these certain things. But this is not play. We have a country that's dying and going to hell. I just found out this week. I didn't know there's baseball going on and the World Series is gone. I don't know if it's still on or if it's off. I could care less about it. I don't believe in those thugs. I don't believe in the NBA. I don't believe in any of that crowd right now until they repent of their evil ways and quits talking against America and their pride. It's up to you what you do. But my life cannot be absorbed with play. This is a critical hour. This is an hour of not play, but prayer. This is an hour of preaching the word. This is an hour of proclaiming the word. This is an hour to try to rescue a nation. What they do, they change their purpose. Don't allow anyone to change the purpose of this church. It has always been Sunday school. And Sunday school is not going to turn into connection groups. We're going to still have a school called Sunday school and teach the word of God to every every single person that will come. The youngest to the eldest. I believe in Sunday school. They corrupted themselves. They sat down to play. And they turned to quake oh, 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 Quickly, verse eight. Their worship changed. Secondly, and the Bible says they turned away quickly. How the way which I commanded them, they made them a molten calf and worshipped it. These be thy gods, O Israel, that brought thee out of the land of Egypt. How could they talk that way? They never. Those the, a, a calf and a, and the gods that they created never opened up that sea for those Jews to walk through in chapter 14 and 15 as they got to the other side and began to sing first they did the thing they did. Number three, they changed their heritage. Verse 13, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And that's part where I'm getting, in just a moment, we'll be done. That's part of what this contemporary movement of today has done. We want to forget the heritage. We want to read our contemporaries. We want to read people that are not Baptist. We want to read and take out the good and leave the bad. No such thing There's good garbage in my garbage can, but don't go there for a meal. I want you to know, friend, when you begin to change and throw off and cast off the faith of thy father and the faith of thy mother and the great men of God that stood and preached the word of God, you are announcing the doom of your organization, your family, your home, your life. Stop thinking that, oh, oh, comes back to me. I think we'll change things around here. Well, then you see how quickly you can destroy the lives of others. I see their heritage changed. Number four, I see their singing changed. Verse 17, when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. But it's the noise of them that sing do I hear. Singing changed. And by the way, number five, you know what else changed? Their clothing changed. Ah, you legalist trooper. Yes, but it's not legalism. Legalism is adding something to inherent salvation. Having conviction Having laws in your in your heart, having Ten Commandments, having where God says flee youthful lust, and God tells us very specifically what to do and what not to do. My Bible says this: that they changed verse twenty-five. Moses saw the people were naked; they pulled their clothes off. They changed the dress. They changed the music. They changed their heritage. They changed their worship. They changed tonight their purpose. They want it to play. There's plenty of places that you can go where they're changing things. But in the Silicon Valley, this place that's turned her back on God. Could there be an Elijah or an Isaiah and Jeremiah? And we've got so many good preachers here. Can we call us back to righteousness in this area? This is the area that's influencing the world tonight. Called the Silicon Valley. Music changed. Our government is now outlawing music and our churches are introducing this new music. But i tell you, that old song from the late 1600s is still a good song from Isaac Watts. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, I count but lose this person here and pour contempt on all my pride. John Wesley wrote in the late 1600s. If I remember the 1690 something. He wrote this song, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the song that George Whitfield wrote, Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Nothing wrong with that theology. In the late 1700s, the mid 1700s, John Newton wrote amazing grace how sweet the sound. The psalm was written in the 1700s to the early 1700s. All hail the power of Jesus' name. O let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him. Lord of all. That is not contemporary music, that's some heritage music. That's what has worked for so many years. We sang this song that was written in the 1700s this morning. how firm a found day Sun saints of the Lord. As your pastor, I want your kids growing up on those great hymns of the faith. I want them to know that music is found in Genesis 4, 21, the first time. And it's mentioned in 44 of the 66 Bibles, uh, books of the Bibles, in the Bible. It's mentioned nearly 600 times. God gave us one entire book. It's the longest book in the Bible called Psalms, which was the hymn book of the Jews, and particularly how they worship God individually and they worship God co- collectively I'm finding in the Bible in Acts in chapter 16 in Paul and Silas, they were thrown in prison after they had beaten, and at midnight they sang and praised and prayed unto God. We've taken the song and removed the song. There's very little personal singing. There's very little home singing, family singing, Bible time singing, very little church singing, very little school singing, And yet, the Bible says in Psalm 106, come before his presence singing. Psalm 102, 100, verse 2. Come before his presence singing, knowing he is God. Turn with you in your Bible, please, to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm keeping my eye on that clock. I should be done right now. I'll try to get where I'm going and wrap it up. In the book of Ephesians, we've said these so many times in this church. God is speaking to us and he gives us a letter, a lot of S's in this chapter about, uh, 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 about submission and about sanctification and about the Spirit of God and about, uh, about submitting to ourselves and our marriages, about supplication. But he gives us something about verse 19, singing, speaking to yourselves in Psalms. You've heard it so many times in this pulpit. It's redundant, but a Psalm is a song that's based upon the scripture. It's okay to have scripture words, the cleansing stream. God uses the word cleansing. When I survey the wondrous cross, the word cross, the great hymn writers got to the theme and it was always generally about Jesus God the Father, God the Son, and sometimes God the Holy Spirit is about His might and His power. It's not all this me music. It's not about I. But may I say this? Oh God, our help in ages past. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Alas, and did my Savior bleed. Those are Bible terms. Psalms is just simply saying Take words that are found in the Bible. Just, I'm justified. I'm happy in Jesus today. But we've removed those words. Psalms and hymns. Hymn is a song that speaks about the majesty and the might and the power of God. It's the song, for example, O Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder... It's that song, I sang the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise. God did that. What a mighty God we serve. We're to sing with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, not worldly songs, not I songs, not me songs. songs. Singing and making melody. Melody is harmony. I know you know this. Music is built on a triad. There's a dominant note. And in music and writing, you always have a dominant melody note. You have two other notes that are harmony notes. And then you have a bass note that's normally a sleeper. It's normally an octave lower. Because our God is a God of harmony. And that's why we have been so firm in this church from children, teaching children how to sing up here on a Sunday and on Wednesdays and learning to make melody and singing at home and singing in the car and music filling the hearts of kids. We are dependent upon video screens in our cars nowadays keep our kids entertained. And I know that when you go on a long trip that might be something good from time to time. But friend, don't ever forget singing. Singing and making melody a harmony. Now, the contemporary music of today is worship, and praise are praise and worship singing. Let me read to you what they say about praise and worship music. Our music evolves and involves this. I quote from, you can go from any article, you can go to your Wikipedia and find this. Praise and worship is based upon music, dancing, drama, video, drummers, bands, Frontline singers. Now, if they're telling you what, and I, let me read more what their music's about, I want to sort of stay away from that stuff. They say this: you'll find missing a choir, a pulpit, a hymn book, and preaching. Well, God, who is smarter than the praise and worship bands, God chose the fullestness in these last days of preaching. God wants us to preach and uh, declare, well, you know what? You ought not to be so authoritative. That's dictatorship. We just think that everybody ought to figure out for themselves. Parent, if you raised your kids that way, you'd be raising your kids to break your heart and break the heart of God. You'd raise your kids to go to the great uh, uh, that great thing in Arizona, that big hole in the ground. What's that called? Uh, I forget what it's called. What's it called? Grand Canyon. They say, well, kids, you know, you have liberty, you have freedom, you choose how close you want. You're a fool. No mother would do that in her right mind. No father would do that. There are boundaries you have to set up. Every life needs a boundary. A pastor needs a boundary. He can allow God to set some boundaries. My wife ought to be able to set some boundaries in my life, and she's not a dominant wife for setting some boundaries in my life. And your wife is not dominant. She says, and your husband's not, hey, I want to tell you something. My cell phone can be picked up any time my wife wants to pick it up. And she can read. She knows my password. She can get into it. I don't, I don't, why are you picking up my phone? I have nothing to hide. You throw a rock at a pack of dogs. The only one that yells is the one that got hit. He yelps. You ought to welcome your wife wanting to see what's going on. Well, kids that have their cell phones they didn't pay for. I can't believe my parents are doing it. Don't you trust us? Oh, kids, please. It's not that we don't trust you. It's just that we don't trust you. For the Bible says, place no confidence in the flesh. And when a crowd tells me that they are going to remove preaching and choir and pulpits and hymn books. How do want anything around that. You know, praise and worship, I see it's no praising. I heard a praise and worship song recently. I heard one yesterday. I went to the radio and just turned the station. That at one time for many, many years was a good station, but now Saturday afternoon is praise and worship. It got me so ticked off I had to turn it. Praise and worship is largely, I think, I would not know how to do it, but I think you go online and get some praise and worship. Watch it if it's not. Th- it's whiny music. Whine. Yeah, yeah. It's just like they're whining. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like they're sick to their stomach. It's negative music. It's not singable music. They'll even say to themselves, they'll put you in the same line in 2-4 time and in 4-4 time and syncopation time. It's not a singable song. It's a song that's all over the map. Songs ought to be easy to catch the tune, catch the melody, catch the harmony, and be able to sing along with it. It's depressing music. Ah. Here's what worship and praise teams leaders say. We have taken away words like God and Father, and we've replaced it with I and me. Because it's not about God, it's about me worshiping God. And that's why their songs are songs like this. Songs like I lift your name. I lift your name. Whose name? I lift your name. Shine, shine, shine. Well, is that a guy that's shining your shoes or what is that? Shout, shout. Here's one. I'm hungry for you. Here's one. I know your love. They take replacement words and they say, we have replaced God with you and I and me. Brother Cooper, why would we wanna to go to church to replace God's name with I and you and me? Brother Everson, why in the world would we ever wanna do that? We wanna replace God with me? I'm so feeble, I was praying to God and saying yesterday, oh dear God, I don't even know my own heart. My heart's so desperately wicked, dear God. I'm I'm giving you my heart and as I say that, I'm thinking, oh wretched man that I am. I don't want to lift up my name. I don't want to magnify my name. I want to magnify that name which is above every name. The name of Jesus that at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. They said this at praise and worship. They say this that it's detrimental to have the old hymns. And so what we have tried to do, we have tried to change the lines. They say this our music blends Christian rock or blends rock with contemporary sounds. Then why would we want it? I don't want the rock and roll in this church. See, Brother Trevor, you better wake up. You're in the Silicon Valley. And if you don't, pretty soon and real soon, this place is going to be empty. It might be. But for 45 years... This place has been preaching the word of God. And I look at every parking lot packed tonight. This parking lot, that parking lot, the front parking lot, the streets. I'm looking at the other property packed tonight. I'm looking at people in the auditorium, people outside, people watching online. I know, I know it could all collapse. And next week or a month or a year or five from now if the Lord carries, there could be 10 cars out here. But I want you to know that the old time religion still works. I don't want to blur its foundation. Go on your own Wikipedia and find it. Am I saying that word right? And they'll say it has its roots in the charismatic movement. Well, I'm not charismatic. I'm independent, separated, temperamental, Baptist. Baptist born and Baptist bred. And when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. I'm thankful that I'm in part of an old-time religion. Don't plan to change. I look at this great psalm book. I write, look at this psalm, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. I look at Holy, Holy, Holy. Guide me, O Thou Great Jehovah. Great is Thy faithfulness, O God, to me. Like a river glorious, Is God's. When morning gilds the sky, may Jesus Christ be praised. That's a lot better than praise, 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 praise you, adore you, lift you, exalt you. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Shine, shine, shine. What's that about? We're being hijacked. Yes, by the government. They're telling us how to sing now. We're being hijacked by the government. But the government does not concern me as much as how we're being hijacked within. I don't know much about the computer. I do know my phone. I don't have access to all that. But I do have access to part of Wikipedia. And so once in a while I look things up. I suggest you do it. Look at uh, Hosanna music. Look at at the contemporary music. Get Get a feel for it. See what it's like. Read about it. Read the titles and hear the music and say, how has it brought me closer to God? And it won't. It won't. Because you've been given the truth in great hymns and songs and spiritual songs, it will be regurgitating to you. But some of you within a year are going to be in a church like that. Because the joy is, you can be one and done. And God doesn't have to interrupt you. You can have some little service. You can go to the 8 o'clock service. You can go to the contemporary service at 8. Or you can go for the old fogies, the traditional one at 10. And get it out of the way. And you have the whole day. You imagine if you got church out of the way by 9 o'clock in the morning. You could still get to the beach. You could do your God thing and have it over and done with. But my Bible says in Colossians, there's not such a thing as a God thing. It's Christ who is my life.
0: Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber.